You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Would you open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 1? I really feel like as we've been um, praying, as we start the year and saying, God, what are you saying to us for this year and the year ahead? And, um, you know, I, I, I don't... I don't love the sort of Vision Sunday thing in the sense that I think that the vision's always the same. The vision's Jesus and mission and reaching the lost. But God does kind of highlight things at times for years and for seasons. And I felt like as we've been praying, God is speaking over and over again about multiplication. About, being, about multiplication. And it's one of the things that he, I think he's highlighting for us for the year. Um, we've spoken a little bit over the last couple of weeks about fruitfulness, and I think, you know, really fruitfulness and multiplication go hand in hand. You know, there might be uh, similar ways of describing uh, or illustrating the same thing. Um, but I want to share a thought with you this morning and, and ask you to kind of come along on this uh, the journey with me and allow God to speak to you and to open up your heart. And even as he's been speaking through the worship and through the baptisms and all that sort of other thing. I love how he weaves a thread through our gatherings, speaking about freedom and that we're no longer slaves to fear and that, you know, there's freedom in Jesus and it's breaking down walls and he's weaving this thread. But would you come, with, come on a journey with me this morning? I want to explore this thought. Before Jesus' death and resurrection, he's, he wants to get in the, in the spot. It's warm, bro. You can jump in. <laughs> he's like, here we go. Um, before Jesus' death and resurrection... He preached to the crowds. You see different accounts in the scripture of Jesus preaching to the crowds. He preaches to the, the um, 5,000 at one point, 4,000 at another time. Um, and that, to be honest, there's probably a lot more than 5,000 or 4,000 there because at that time they only counted the men that were gathered. So there could have been anywhere, they say, from up to 20,000, even more, in those crowds as he preached. He preached and fed the, fed, fed them, and we see those accounts. And many came to where he was. Many came to him. We see that throughout the scriptures. After Jesus' death and resurrection, I've often pondered this thought. Surely in his glorified body, if he wanted to, he could have gathered and preached to much larger crowds. All he had to do was set up somewhere, get the disciples to like send the word out. Jesus, you know, he, he died, he's risen, come and see him again. And they could have had far bigger gatherings to come and hear him speak. It says this in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord... Will you, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Jesus could have gathered larger crowds, 
than he had already spoken to. And even though the, the disciples were still thinking about a natural kingdom, the, the disciples were still thinking about um, things in terms of the natural and overthrowing the Romans. They say, you know, Lord, will at, the, uh, at this time will you restore the kingdom, lowercase k, to Israel, a natural kingdom. But instead of gathering more people, Hello. Oh, smooth. Thank you. Kingdom, kingdom. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the disciples are still thinking in the natural. They're thinking lowercase k, kingdom. Will you, will you uh, at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Instead of gathering more people, he tells the disciples, wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then he sends them out. The kingdom, with a capital K, the rule and reign of Jesus, is about multiplication. There was a shift that took place in that moment. The shift that takes place from people coming to Jesus in the flesh in a certain place to empowered disciples being sent out to take the presence and power of Jesus to the world. There's a shift from a few priests who ministered in a temple made of hands to a kingdom of priests who minister in the spirit and carry the presence of God in, our, in ourselves, in this temple. From one place to many places. From coming to Jesus in the flesh to empowered disciples being sent out. Without the outpouring of the Holy Spirit... That wouldn't, have, that wouldn't have taken place. But with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Jesus changes the whole game. He changes the whole setup of worship and of, uh, of purpose. See, before that, people from all around the world came to Jerusalem to worship at the temple because that's where the presence of God dwelt. But when Jesus dies on the cross, Matthew 27, verse 51, in the NLT says this, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. At that moment of his death, it stopped being about a certain place. Because Jesus' sacrifice paid the price for our sin and made a way for us to come into the presence of God. There was a shift from a physical temple in Jerusalem to us being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, there's an empowering to go from a place to go into the world and bring him with us. It becomes about multiplication. When Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, he speaks of this shift even before his death and resurrection. Um, the, the account is in John chapter, chapter 4, but from verse 21 to 23, it says this. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Even after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, people were still coming to, to Jerusalem to worship. Around a year, it's about a year after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we see the account of Philip 
and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 38. I actually like to, let's read that. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8, if you would. Um, the time frame of Acts is amazing. It's, at some point, look up the time frame, because it's um, actually spread over quite a long time. So about a year after Pentecost, it says this in Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, uh, a court official of Candace, or how do you say it? Kandake. <laughs> it literally means um, queen mother. It was like an like a official sort of title. Um, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come, get this, he had come to, to Jerusalem to worship. It's a lot... I don't know if you've ever looked at a map, but from Ethiopia to Jerusalem is a long way to travel when you don't have cars or planes, like just to walk or ride to get there. He came to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. So Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? He said to him, how can I unless somebody guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading uh, says he was like a sheep was led to slaughter. And it goes on to talk about Jesus. Um, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In, the humilia- uh, he- in his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I asked, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. Here we go. And the eunuch said to him, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down to the water. And Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more. So often we focus on that last little bit. The Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. He goes to another place. He continues to preach. But I think there's such, there's such power in this scripture because after coming to Jerusalem to worship, which is a long journey, he's obviously searching for something. He's willing to travel all that way to be where the presence of God is. But he leaves confused. Because remember, The presence of God isn't in the temple anymore. The curtain's been torn. The Holy Spirit's been poured out. But this guy hasn't heard yet because he's been on this journey to get to the place, to find out. Philip, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I mean, imagine this. You know, like, just go down to the road. Have you ever had God say, like, you know, just go down and stand on Stud Road? Wander down there and just stand there. Okay, what now, God? I mean, it doesn't actually say how long he was there for. I mean, maybe he walked down and the guy was coming along right away. He might have sat there for a couple of days. I don't know. He says, go to the road, and then he waits. And then God highlights this guy and says, go, go walk next to him. Have you ever, like, have you ever uh, been in traffic and your window's down and you can hear what the person next to you is um, like, listening to on the radio? Or like, more often it's like they're having a conversation on their phone and you can hear that because it's like turned up full blast. I mean, imagine that. Like you're standing there. On the side of the road, somebody's having a conversation on their phone going, like, I'm just, I'm searching for Jesus, and I just don't understand, and I can't seem to find him. And the Holy Spirit goes, go knock on their window and tell them that you want to get in the car. <laughs> there was one time, so we used to, um, 
come on the same the, the freeway and get off at the same exit as Hans and Ellie. Don't do this. This is a bad. This is bad. So um, Elodie had forgotten something at home. So I said, I'll go back and get it. And I said, I'll drop you off at church and I'll go, I'll go get it. This is on Sunday morning. But we're getting off the freeway at the same thing. So the light's red. And she goes, oh, that's Hans and Ellie in front. I'll just go jump in their car. And as I'm like, no, she just gets out of the car, goes, opens the back door of their car and just jumps in their car. Hans and Ellie nearly went straight through the red light. I think they had a heart attack. They're like, what the flip is happening? I'm like, ah, bad idea. But anyways, I mean, she was, it's, a, it's an LED moment. He goes and, I mean, it'd be like, hey, actually, I can answer the question that, sorry, I was overhearing. I can answer that question. And then going, okay, jump in the car with me. And just kind of go on their journey with him. And from where their question is, beginning to explain the gospel to him. Jesus says in John 16, verse 7, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. There is a shift that takes place with the death and resurrection of Jesus and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that moves from one place to multiplication. The kingdom is about multiplication. Jesus could have made it about one place again. He could have made it about one gathering. He could have made it about coming to a spot. But instead, there's a multiplication that happens. The kingdom is about a multiplying of ministers, about a multiplying of impact, a multiplying of disciples, a multiplying of churches, a multiplying of places, a multiplying of service. See, with the outpouring of the Spirit, every one of us, you and I, becomes an integral part of the mission of the kingdom. Not just the leaders, not just those who are the preachers. Every believer, every person who says, I'm going to follow Jesus, becomes integral in the advancing of the the mission of the kingdom. You have a part to play. You can't check out from the part that God's given you to play. It's like Mission Impossible. This is your mission should you choose to accept it. But in the kingdom, if this is your mission, whether you accept it or not, this is still your mission. You might not step into it, but you still have a mission. It's shifted from some ministering to all ministering. From a certain place to everywhere. From Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. We wouldn't be here in Hallam, Victoria in a factory worshiping Jesus if it wasn't for this shift that took place. We don't have to travel to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage to see the presence of God. We get to have him with us every day. There's a multiplication that takes place. It shifts from the ministry of Jesus in the flesh to the ministry of the Spirit of God in and through every single one of us. Yet somehow, much of the modern church has lost something of this. We go back to the one place. We go back to the some. We go back to the the few. We've bought into the lie that you can come and sit. You can have your personal, private faith. Pick the things that we like. Ignore the things that challenge us and coast through life. It's a lie. We've bought into the lie that we have pastors and leaders who do the work of the ministry, and we just come along and throw our finances in so that they're resourced to do the work of the ministry. It's a lie of the enemy. 
Jesus shifted that. Let's not go back to one place. Let's not go back to the few. Let's stay in this place of multiplication because the kingdom is about multiplication. We don't want to go back to an old covenant where we have to go, okay, it's, it's Paul's job to do all the outreaching, and we just come in and hear about the testimonies on a Sunday. Jesus spoke to the 5,000 and the 4,000, and 3,000 were added at the day of Pentecost and uh, as the Holy Spirit was poured out. And daily, those who were being saved were added. I'm not talking about a number. I'm not making a comment on church size, just in case you're wondering that. It's not about a size or a number. I don't care whether the church is 5,000, 10,000, 50,000. The point is a heart thing of multiplication. Sometimes we'll take this idea and people like to preach that small church is better than big church. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is if we don't understand that there was a shift that happens with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that moves us from individual, from a few to many, that the multiplication is on the heart of God, then we're never going to see the impact in our lives and through us that God intends for us to have. It's not about a certain number. It's not about a certain size. Small is not better. Big is not better. Multiplication is better because multiplication is on the heart of God. It's no longer limited to a certain place, a certain person. It's about every one of us. Filled, empowered partnering with the Holy Spirit, walking in obedience, taking Jesus into every place that we go. Jesus wants to use you, sir, ma'am, young person, in the power of his spirit to multiply. Don't believe the lie, even if you've been told it by church leaders, that you have to wait until you're 45 to have impact. You have to wait till you're 30 because that's when Jesus started his ministry. I literally had somebody tell me that once. Like, oh, I can do what I want until I'm 30. I'm just going to go and sin and do all the things because it was only at 30 that Jesus started his ministry. So at 30, all he didn't come back at 30. He just kind of kept doing his own thing. It was deception. Don't believe that. You have to wait till a certain time. Right now, God wants to empower you to, and use you to advance the kingdom. There's a seriousness about following him and being obedient to him and making, Lord, making him Lord of every area of your life. It's time for some of us to stop playing games. Can I be as forward this morning and choose to be obedient? We, we, we become very good at playing the church game. We become very good at glossing over and looking good on a Sunday morning, but actually not walking in obedience in all these other areas of our lives. Not responding to the leading of the Spirit. Not responding to, to, to the pattern of Scripture. But actually making God in our own image. Which we see right throughout the Bible. That people made idols in their own image. And they worshipped them. Actually many of us still do that. We might not fashion an actual idol made out of gold or silver, but we set up an idea of God that looks like me and what I value and what I want to do, and I worship that. It's time to tear down some of those idols. It's time for some of us to get involved again. Or maybe get involved for the first time. Maybe it's not again. Maybe it's for the first time. To put the gifts and talents that God's given you into practice, into use for his glory. Because you're not meant to just come and sit on a Sunday and then just go do your own thing. He's saying, I want to use you 
in all of your mess, and you go, I'm not worthy. Yes, you are, because Jesus makes you worthy. I'm not capable. Yes, you are, because he's given you gifts. And in all of the mess and all the stuff that's going on, you don't have to wait till it's all perfect. Just get involved. I'm not talking about in the church. I'm talking about in the kingdom. Just say, God, use me. He wants to set you free. He wants to bring you free. You're going to walk in a place of greater freedom and greater revelation, but it's not, you don't have to wait until you're at that place. Do it scared. Do it imperfect. Because through Jesus, you're perfect anyways. We see our imperfections. God looks at us and he sees Jesus. He sees his perfection, his righteousness, his holiness. In Matthew 16, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. The result of the, the seed that fell on the good soil. There's different soil, and uh, Sam, Sam spoke into this a few weeks ago. But the result of the seed that falls on the good soil is that it produces a harvest. 30, 60, and 100-fold. In the parable of the talents, there's an expectation from the master of multiplication. That we would use the talent, or the treasure, or the thing that God's entrusted us. That the stewards would use those. They would steward them wisely to multiply for the master. I want to prophesy this morning over us, church, that there's a multiplication coming with his presence and with fruitfulness. There's a multiplication coming with his presence and with fruitfulness. Sons and daughters can't help but multiply. Let me remind you, if you're in Christ, you are a son or a daughter of the living king. And then there's an expectation of multiplication that comes with that. That we take even our one talent. But I, I don't like that idea because, I mean, I know it says there's just one talent. But we, all, we always kind of go, I don't want to be the tall poppy. I don't want to, like, push. I'm just the one talent person. You can be the ten talent. You can be five. The point isn't the number of talents. The point is whatever you have, use it for the kingdom. The point is that sons and daughters of the living king are called to multiply for the sake of the kingdom. For some of us, it's time to step out of our comfort zones. For some of you, it's time to step out of your row, to step out of your seat that you sit in every Sunday. I, I find that amazing that we, uh, that's not really the point, but I find it amazing that we, like, we sit in the same seats. We like comfort. Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> at least, I mean, a few of you guys are, are visitors, so, you, and at least 60% of you are sitting in the same seat you sit in every Sunday. Well, well, you're in best seat. But if Beth, Beth was there, she'd be in that seat. See? <laughs> See? It's, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> it's Beth's seat. Yeah, exactly. It's time for some of us to, to plant new discipleship groups. It's time for some of us to take steps of faith to open our homes. It's time for some of us to invite people into our families, to invite people in, uh, to sit around our tables, to pioneer in new regions. Can I say it's not enough just to send Taylor and Sylvia and say, we tick the box, that's done. Because we are ascending and going people. Actually, for some of you, God's saying, I want you to go as well. That's not the normal start of the year preach. Oh, you come and use your gifts in the church. God's telling some of you guys to go. Go to the nations. Go to new regions. Go plant discipleship groups. God's, I, I, I honestly believe that God's stirring us for, to see churches planted. To see regions impacted because we can't just play the game. It's not about a church game. If we're just playing the game, come on Sunday, let's have more bums on seats. We might as well pack it up right now. I mean, this church has been in existence for 25 years. 
I've had the privilege of leading this team for, I think it's 15. Might be 14, 15, something like that. But we've seen lots of impact. But if it's just literally about more people in a building and just a bigger building and more people in a building, then we miss the point and we might as well stop. Let's just all scatter. I'll just say, be scattered. Go, find your thing, because I think we'll have more impact. There, be scattered. Be scattered, shoo. But if we grasp this, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm doing a good job of communicating it this morning, but if you, if you get this thing of multiplication, then there is a value in our gathering because we encourage each other in our going. We, we, we build one another up. We help each other overcome you know, our areas of hurt and brokenness and disappointment so that we go again and we can go again and we can multiply and we can, we can invest into people because it's about people. We invest into new people and we reach new people and we see the kingdom advanced. God's calling some of us to step into the leadership call on your life. He's anointing some to pioneer kingdom businesses that will carry the presence and power of the Spirit. He's calling some to plant churches. Too often we've made the ultimate pinnacle, uh, you know, the church planter. And some are called to plant churches, but some are called to start businesses. And some are called to stay and to care for the people that he's brought here. And some are called to, to, to sow and some are called to water. And some are called to different things. Some are called to the arts. There's some people in, for the creative arts that God's stirring you for something for the arts. Not to become like the world, but to bring the power of the spirit into a realm that the enemy has tried to steal. God's giving some this morning creative vision to unlock and release kingdom advancement and impact, to multiply. We need to see multiplication on every level, not just in the church, but for the sake of the kingdom advancing. I want to finish with this question this morning. We're going to stand and pray. What is God calling you to multiply in the power of the Spirit this year? Can we stand together? Catherine, could you come and play? I, don't, I, I, I hope you hear my heart. I don't mean to sound um, upset. I'm not. I'm really actually quite excited for this year. I don't know. I just see something that I think at times we can let go of. And we can let the church culture and the culture around us seep in because we like to settle and we like to sit in the same seat. We like to be comfortable. We like to, do the, we like to go to the places that we're comfortable with. I'm not in any, I'm not upset. I just don't want to play the game again for another year and I don't think you guys do either I mean I think that's why you're part of this church and if you're, it's your first week maybe that's why God's brought you here because we're not a people who just gather to come and hear somebody on a Sunday and then go live our own lives and just keep, keep sinning and keep doing the stuff and keep carrying on no we're people that are pursuing the heart of Jesus the presence of the Holy One they want to be marked by his presence. They want to see impact. They want to be transformed. They want to be renewed. They want to become more like him. They want to pursue him. This might be new for you. You might go, I don't, 
Like, this is, I've never heard this before. This is the kingdom. This is what Jesus came to do. It might be different than what you've been taught church is about. But we don't want to play church. We want to become a kingdom people and pursue the person and presence of Jesus. Can we respond to him this morning? What is God calling you to put your hand to, to multiply in the power of the Spirit? It's not your own flesh. It's not your own power. It's not your multiplication. But it's saying yes to him. What do you need to repent of? What do you need to put aside? What do you need to say yes to in obedience? Maybe it is baptism. Maybe it is saying, you know what? There's an area of sin in my life that I haven't been real about. And I need to be set free. Maybe it's discipleship. Right now. Right now, let's do business. It's not you doing business with me. It's with Jesus. I mean, you're here for a reason. And I hope it's not just to hear me speak. I hope it's to hear the Lord speak. So, Lord, we open our hearts. We open our hearts, Lord. We say, we're sorry. Lord, we repent. Lord, where there's areas that we haven't brought under your lordship. Lord, we repent, Lord, where we've made it about something other than you. And I pray this morning, Lord, that we would grab hold of this thing of multiplication. Lord, not more effort on our behalf, Lord, but to be filled with the power and the presence of your spirit to see multiplication in the kingdom. Lord, I ask right now for a fresh infilling for a fresh infilling. Holy Spirit, come right now and fill us afresh. Fill those who are dry. Fill those who are thirsty again. I love that you say that we are to be being filled, to continually be filled. So we ask again, fill us afresh. Wash us clean this morning. Lord, we don't want to be a people who come just to play church games. And if we have been, we repent. We want to be a people, Lord, who pursue your heart, who know your heart, who know your heartbeat, who are close to you. Lord, I pray that the call of the world, the draw of the culture would become strangely dim in the light of your glory and your grace. Lord, I actually, I pray right now that you would break that off. Lord, where there's a draw, there's a call to compromise, there's a call to just do the things uh, of the culture, to be cool, to, to be with the friends, to do the things at the sake of the kingdom. Cut those things off. Cut those ties. Cut those heart ties and those soul ties right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that freedom would come, Lord, and we would become alive to your presence again. Let us hear your heartbeat. Let us hear your heartbeat. I feel like there's some this morning... And you know that you've been playing games with your relationship with the Lord. And he's calling you back. He's calling you back. He's saying it's time. Today is time. It's time, it's time to come back to his presence. I don't want to say it's time to come home because it's not just time to come home to a church meeting. It's time to come home to your father. It's time like the prodigal to run home to where your inheritance is. 
to where His presence is, where He's going to welcome you and put His robe around you and put His ring on your finger and say, all that I have is yours, but come home. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I want to invite you to come to the front, to come to the front and get on your knees and say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I lay my life down. Mark me with your presence. It's not a secret thing. It's not a private thing. It's a celebration, and it's before everyone, because it's before the King of Kings. Don't play games. As we finish this morning, if you want someone to stand with you in prayer, or maybe you need to you need to share some stuff get some freedom God wants to set you free God wants to set you free God wants to touch you if you need healing God wants to come and bring healing it's not us it's him we just get to partner with what he's doing and I invite you as we finish to come to the the front Leanna has something to share come on. Um, just as Matt's been talking, I've just uh, been reading recently through Acts and I was reminded of um, Stephen. And um, I won't go into lots of detail, but essentially there was a, a point in the, in the early church where um, there was this dispute that arose and they needed people for a particular job. And so the church leaders began to look for, you know, who could do that and they raised up some deacons. But it says when they were looking for who to appoint that they were looking for people who were full of, full of the Holy Spirit. Um, and the short version of Stephen's story is that he was appointed as a deacon. God chose him to be a deacon in the church to serve a purpose. But because he was so full of the Spirit and he was so in love with Jesus, God began to use him um, beyond just being a deacon. He actually began to give him opportunity to, um, you know, the Holy Spirit was manifesting through him. People were getting healed. People were getting saved. People were hearing the gospel and, and, and God was moving. And I just felt as we, um, Matt was speaking this morning that there are some people here who you've heard the call of God. You're a Stephen, you're someone who, you know, is, is full of the Holy Spirit and you're walking in what God's called you to. But I feel like he's saying that there's more that he hasn't what you've been walking in and you've been doing it well, that he's actually calling you to another level. And it might not be a deacon in the church, but he's called you to something and you've been walking and serving faithfully in that. But he's actually saying there's more for you. And if you've read the story of Stephen, it seems like it doesn't end well because he basically preaches the gospel to the religious leaders and they're so angry with the truth about Jesus that they kill him. But the beautiful thing about what happens with Stephen is that as he's killed, the church is scattered, it's persecuted, and the gospel goes out, and it begins to multiply, and it goes to regions that it hasn't been before. And I felt God say that if you will, thank goodness most of us in Australia will never have to physically die for Jesus. We won't be stoned because we say we believe in Jesus. But I felt Holy Spirit say, if you will lay down your life... If you will die to the plans and the purposes that you have for yourself and you'll step into and take up the call that God has for you, then he's actually going to cause a spreading. 
like Matt's talking about, he's actually, and I don't, I'm not trying to say what it's going to look like, whether it is persecution or not, but actually sometimes what looks like a negative in the natural is actually God ordained. And so he's saying, step into, step up to the next level of what he has, and then watch as he begins to actually move and to spread beyond what you thought he'd called you to. I felt... um there's a picture as we were praying, and there's a few different things coming through. But there's some, even as Leanna said, you, you, you've heard the call of God on your life, but you've put walls around it. And there's actually a going over the wall today. God's calling you to go beyond. As you, as you do this, as you say, actually, I'm willing to, to lay down my life for the gospel as she just prophesied, it's going to open new regions. It's going to be a, a multiplication and a scattering, not in a bad way, to go into new, over walls, into new places. I know it's already been said, but I, 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 I can keep it on hearing this refrain that the Holy Spirit wanted to move us this morning from a contract to a covenant about multiplication. And that many of us in this room have made a contract with God. I'm a Christian and and this is who I am, and you made a contract, it's very different to move from contract to a covenant. Because covenant, it's all about the heart. And I felt the Holy Spirit challenge us through this incredible word this morning. This is a sacred moment that you would step right now into a covenant to say, I'm going to multiply because that's the heart of the Lord. I'm going to let go of my contract because I had to, and now I'm going to move into a covenant because I want to because that's obedience. And I felt the Lord says, let go of the contract, embrace the covenant. So uh, would you dare to let go of your contract right now? And you respond, stand, kneel, repent, whatever you do. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word that you spoke to us this morning. It is your heart, the kingdom heart to multiply. And so we repent when we've made it about a, a contract. If you do, then I will. But a covenant says this, just because you say the word, I will. It's called obedience. And so, Lord, in this room, many of us, myself included, ask for forgiveness. And we take a step forward and say, I'm going to let the contract go. And I'm going to multiply from a place of covenant with God because the king said so I will obey I will multiply and multiply and multiply because it brings delight to my king I will be a woman or a man of the covenant not of contract a relationship not of religious practice because the spirit has invited me into covenant awesome I feel like God's doing a, some deep heart work this morning I don't want to interrupt what he's doing I want to say to you if God is speaking and he's unlocking your heart he's healing stay in that place you might need to take, take some time and write down what he's stirring and what he's speaking to you don't just rush to the next thing we're going to finish our time together but we never finish 
with what the Holy Spirit's doing. So if he's ministering to you, stay in that place. If you need to respond for salvation, run to the front. Run as we finish. If you need prayer, come to the front. We'd love to pray with you. And can I say this? If you need to get baptized, come before we empty the baptismal. Come and grab us. We've got towels. We would love to do it. And you know what will happen is we'll all gather around and celebrate with you. It's awesome. If you need to respond, come to the front. It's amazing. Guys, we, we love you. We bless you. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Continue. 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 We give you permission. You don't need our permission, but we give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We honor you in this place. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.